Hey, I'm Bree. And I'm Mel. Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast, where our mission is to empower by educating and building confidence so others understand the value of investing in their health. We are super excited for our very first episode. And in order for you to understand our mission, we want to start by sharing our stories and why we teamed up to create Beyond Fitness. Hey, everybody. I am Brianne Turner, but you can call me Bree. I wanted to share my story and background with you today. Um, and this is about the fourth time I've recorded this intro, so I'm just going to go with this one and see what happens. <laughs> so in case you haven't noticed, I'm super awkward. Um, I lose my words a lot, but that's me. That's okay. So I'm a wife to a wonderful man. We've been married about 17 years. We've got really cool twin daughters who uh, drive me crazy, but I love them dearly. Um, I'm also a personal trainer. I have my own in-home personal training business. I'm a certified health and life coach and a corrective exercise specialist, along with a whole host of other credentials that you probably don't care about. So (laughs) let's dig in. Um, I've enjoyed exercise for most of my adult life, but my, my story, if you will, didn't really begin until after the birth of my twins. I went from working a full-time, well-paying job that I loved to being a stay-at-home mom of twins. And to say that that took a toll on my mental state is an understatement. Even though we endured endured fertility treatments to become parents, I never intended on being a stay-at-home mom. I'm crazy independent and was used to paying my own way and doing what I wanted when I wanted. And I knew that that would all change when we had the girls, but I didn't realize how much of that would break me mentally and emotionally. Um, fast forward to them being around two, two and a half. And I, and I reached that breaking point. I just could not stay home and be wife, mom, housekeeper, diaper changer, bottle washer anymore. Mind you, I have a wonderful support system. We had date nights. My husband uh, made sure that I got out of the house whenever I wanted to. And when I needed that alone time, I mean, my parents lived really close. Um, it was just, everything was great. Like I didn't have a a bad time, right? I didn't have a a hard time. What's the word I'm looking for, Melissa? I had good, easy babies. So it's not like I was a single mother who was struggling or that I had a lack, you know, didn't have a good support system. It was just really hard on me mentally, right? It just weighed on you. Yeah. It just, it just weighed me down. Um, a whole new world being a mama. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it was just really hard to go from being so independent to not having that anymore. Oh, like it's just oh. taken away, you know, even though it's something that we both wanted so more than anything, obviously we went through fertility treatments, you know, it wasn't just, Oh, Hey, we're pregnant. <laughs> we tried for a long time. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> so, um, I had a long talk with my husband and he helped me realize that I wasn't doing anything for myself anymore. I had nothing to call my own anymore. It was just constantly wearing the mom hat, right? Um, And I was also really disgusted with myself. While I don't have like a huge weight loss transformation, I just, you know, when you just feel you're just not happy in your skin. Oh yeah. You just look in the mirror. I mean, your clothes aren't fitting right and you just, you feel gross. Especially after having kids. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is just not the same, right? My, and on top of that, I was exhausted all the time and my mood was just awful. Like, I'm so sorry to my family and friends back then, seriously. Um, but he reminded me that I used to love exercising pre-babies 
the thing was, as soon as we found out I was pregnant, my doctor grounded me. He said, Brianne, you're not even allowed to vacuum anymore because of the high risk. So I went from being active and in the gym and being healthy to nothing. And I didn't realize at the time, like how much that took a toll on me as well, mm-hmm. you know, just not having that outlet. Um, so he brought that up and I figured, you know, exercise is a good place to start because of all the benefits, duh. But, um, going to the gym with two little ones, <laughs> putting them in daycare oh, and like yeah. the germy gym atmosphere was just, it wasn't an option for one thing because hello, two babies and I didn't want them getting sick. Mm-hmm. Right. And then two, like the price, we were on a one income salary, one income mm-hmm. household now, you know, so it didn't make sense. Um, anyway, long story short, I actually found the insanity DVDs on eBay. Did you? Uh, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was just looking for cheap options to work out from home. Um, and it nearly killed me, but I did not miss a day. Good for you. Yeah. 60 days of that insane program. Um, <laughs> And that's pretty intense. It was crazy intense going from couch potato (laughs) to insane. Like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, my husband was a huge help. I had great sleepers. So when they were napping, I usually got my workout in. But if not, when he came home from work, he made sure that they were covered and so I could get it in. So I completed that 60 day program and I felt great. Um, And I actually did two rounds of it which is crazy to think about because I think about that now and I'm like, you couldn't pay me to do that again. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so toward the end of my second round of insanity, a girl that he went to high school with reached out about a new Beachbody workout that was coming out. Um, And mind you, I didn't know who or what Beachbody was at the time. And I guess she saw me post on Facebook or something that I was doing insanity. Um, but she told me there's a new workout coming out by the same guy and it was only 25 minutes. And I was like, Oh, 25 minutes yeah. sign me right? up. Right. Like I had loved the dude, the dude that did insanity and you know, a shorter time I was loving my results. So sign me up. So I bought that from her and I fell in love with it and I kept getting great results. So she convinced me to do the whole coaching gig with Beachbody and encourage others and earn income. And I was already sharing what I was doing on social media anyway, and in being that motivator for others, it just felt like second nature for me. So couple that with a discount and potential for extra income. Hello, you know, one income family done. I joined, (laughs) went all in and I ran what we call challenge groups for a couple years and I completed countless programs and it was a great ride, but I felt like something was missing. And quite frankly, I felt like I was trapped in a box with them. It seemed that their way was the only way. And I just didn't agree with that. Um, besides that I needed more. I wasn't progressing with their programs anymore Mm -hmm. either. Right. So by this time I started working part time while my girls were in mother's day out, my husband encouraged me to go after my personal training certification because I just fallen in love with helping and coaching people anyway, but I felt so wrong for portraying myself as a professional without the credentials to back me up, Mm -hmm. you know, claiming that I was this coach and all. it just, it didn't sit well with me. Um, You know, I could motivate and inspire people all day long, but I really wanted to understand how the body worked and how I could really help people further, right? Um, So I enrolled in the certificate, see, I told you I can't talk. I enrolled in Mm -hmm. the personal training course through NSAM and I studied my butt off and then I, it is, (laughs) Um, and I obtained my certification and I legit cried after I took it because I'm like the world's worst test taker. And at that time, when you, when you did the certification, you go to a testing center, Mm -hmm. you take it and they give you your results instantly. 
the lady gave me my results and I called her a liar. <laughs> I'm not even, I feel so bad, but like, I didn't believe her because I'm going through the test and I'm like, I don't know this stuff. Like I can't do this. You know, I'm just, it's awful. Um, and she's like, no, you passed. So I'm literally bawling and I'm not a huge crier. I called my husband on the way home and I'm like, Oh my God, I passed, I passed. Um, and the ASM is no joke. Yeah. That's who I did my first one for. Okay. It was, okay. Yeah, it was. Well, it's just, it's so like book. The, the way they teach is not the way you do things in real life. Right. Which I it's think very is. very technical. It's technical. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I passed it. Um, and I continued doing my part-time job and continued doing Beachbody stuff too. So I wasn't really doing anything with that certification. Well, about six months later, again, because of my husband, I finally put the feelers out to begin training people. I turned in my notice at work and I just took the leap and did it. And during that interim, I actually worked for a big box gym for about two weeks. But I then I quit. That. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. Was it 24 hour fitness? It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so many stories from all of us for that, right? Right. Um, but I just, the people were great. The staff was great. Great company. But I just realized it wasn't conducive for a mom with two little kids. Uh-huh. And, you know, like the, the hours they wanted you to work and then the salesy tactics. Yeah. And then the fact that they took so much of your freaking hourly rate was like, this is not worth my time. So I ditched that after giving a proper two-week notice, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I finally just started getting a few clients on my own out of a incredibly crude setup in the garage, which I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe people came to me and actually paid me to train them in this setup. Um, But you know, you got to start somewhere, right? For sure. So that's a little glimpse into how I got started and and how I'm here today. And I know that we'll, we'll come back to this and figure out how, or, or, or tell everybody how and why we're working together. But I want you to dig into your story and I want to hear all about it. Hey guys, I'm Melissa Hammonds, um, but my family and friends call me Mel, so you guys can call me Mel. (laughs) I am a wife to an amazing man. I am a mama to three beautiful babies. I'm a certified nutrition and wellness consultant. I'm also a certified personal trainer and a certified group instructor. Um, I've been teaching fitness or in the nutrition industry for about, oh, since 2004, so a long mm. time. <laughs> um, so I wanted to come on and share my story today. And my story um, started actually about 20 years ago. So it was a pretty difficult um time, but it also was full of a lot of rewarding experiences. So my beginning, the end of high school um, is when it really all started. I had been struggling with headaches and nausea and just hearing issues. And I'd been going to doctor after doctor trying to figure out what was going on. Um, no idea, but I knew something wasn't right. And I probably went to like, I don't know, three or four doctors and they all told me it was something different. Um, one doctor said that it was a bacterial infection. Another one said it was a flu. Another one said it was swimmer's ear. Another one said it was TMJ. So about 10 months had gone by of this going on. And 
um, I just knew something was still going wrong. So after I'd seen an ENT who told me it was TMJ, they'd recommend I go to an oral surgeon. Well, I went to the oral surgeon having my wisdom teeth removed, thinking that would, you know, hopefully fix the problems. The headaches would go away, wouldn't be so nauseous anymore. I mean, by this point, I'd probably lost about 20 pounds. Um, yeah, I'd lost a lot of weight just because I was constantly sick all the time. I couldn't drive a straight line to save my life. Um, so after going to see the oral surgeon and having my wisdom teeth removed, I went back for a follow-up appointment a couple weeks later. And my oral surgeon asked me how, how I was feeling, how my headaches were. And I told him, I said, they're just getting worse. And he looked at me with this really blank look on his face. And he said, Melissa, I hate to alarm you, but I, you may have a brain tumor. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, I, at, at that time, I was 18 years old. I had no idea. I had just started my first semester of college. Um, that was so foreign to me. And you guys, 20 years ago, I mean, that wasn't even like a thing, really. Um, nobody knew what those were unless you were in the medical field. So he had recommended that I go see an ENT just because of my symptoms. Um, you know, I have a hearing test because I couldn't hear anything. Um, well, I went in to see an ENT. I went in with my mom and they did a hearing test and Based on the hearing test and talking with the doctor, he had recommended that I do an MRI. So he and he had scheduled it for I think it was the next day. So we oh no, no, it was the same day. So we went in, did the MRI, and I kid you not, not even fifteen minutes after leaving the imaging center, um, the doctor was calling my mom on the phone for us to come back in because he wanted to talk with us. Well, so we knew something was up. We get back in, and he, you know, had us sit down and began to explain that the imaging found this mass around my brain. Um, they called it an acoustic neuroma. So with an acoustic neuroma, it, it's a brain tumor, but it starts in the ear canal, and then it pushes up against your skull. So, and the size of it was three and a half centimeters, which was about the size of a golf ball. Now, back 20 years ago, that was completely unheard of, um, especially in somebody as young as I was. Like, that just wasn't even, you know, fathomable. So, and to me, like, I still didn't understand what was going on. Um, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, no big deal. We'll just take it out. So he had recommended that we go see a neurologist. Well, the neurologist he recommended, um, which was really the only one in the area at the time, was in Clear Lake, which is like an what, an hour, hour and a half from about an hour here. Yeah. So and they scheduled it within a week. We went out there, met with the neurologist. He reviewed the scans. We talked, and he recommended surgery like right away. Now at this point, it was my second semester of college. Um, and I really didn't want to miss school. So I was thinking, oh, spring break for sure. Like, we'll wait till spring break and I can have it done. He's like, no, it needs to happen now. Um, so at this point, you know, I still really don't fully understand what was going on. But I could see it in my parents' eyes that they were scared. Like, I, I, I was scared too. 
but I knew if I let them see that, um, it, it would just make things worse. So the whole time going into it, when the doctor's explaining all this stuff, I'm trying to keep a positive spirit about it. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm still somewhat ignorant to, you know, the possibilities because I really don't fully understand what's going on, but I know it's something serious. So at that time, I just pretend to care about my hair because the doctor told me he was going to shave my head. And then 18, of course I care about my hair. Like, who would right? like, what girl wouldn't care about their hair? He said he was going to shave my head. So he only, I asked that he only shaved a section. And I figured if I just focused on my hair and that was all I was concerned about, that maybe my parents wouldn't worry so much if they're like, hey, that's all she cares about. Okay, we're, we're good. Because... You know, especially, I don't know about you, Brie, but now as a mom looking back, like, if my kids are scared, I'm even more scared for yeah. them. Yeah. So I felt like that was kind of my way of protecting them um, from what I was feeling because I, I was scared out of my mind. Of course. Um, not knowing what was going to happen next and not fully comprehending. Mm-hmm. So anyway, surgery day comes. Um and, you know, I'm just kind of going through the same motions. And at that time, the doctor tells us, okay, you know, they go through all the possibilities of what could happen. Um, the surgery is set to be an 18-hour surgery. Oh, gosh. And, again, technology isn't what it was. Like, now, mm-hmm. nowadays, that surgery would take probably, like, five hours. That's because we old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so... 18-hour surgery, they had four surgeons and about 22 surgical staff members doing my one little surgery. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, again, nowadays it'd probably be, like, one surgeon and maybe, like, four. With a robot. Yeah, with a robot (laughs) doing everything. So, um, you know, I'm out. I wake up. I have no idea what had happened. Well, come to find out, my surgery didn't take 18 hours. It took 30. I was out for 50-something hours. Um, They kept me out sedated because about part of the way through, I started hemorrhaging really bad. Um, Started bleeding out, and they couldn't figure out where the bleeding was from. So they went back in, or they, during the surgery, um, what they didn't realize from the scan was that tumor so it started in my ear canal, and it kind of spidered off, and there was a big mass pressing up against my brain. Well, part of it spidered off and spiraled around my brain stem, and they didn't realize that until they got in there. And it was intertangled into all of these um, nerves. So in the process of my surgery, they had to sever the nerve um, for my hearing, the audio nerve, I think it's called body anyways um so I have no hearing in my left ear like permanently no hearing in my left ear they also had to cut my facial nerve because it was so intertwined and they couldn't detach it which we kind of knew that was a possibility going into it but it was just a very slight possibility so when I woke up that was kind of a surprise (laughs) um but anyways so I woke up um I had a trach tube in my throat. I couldn't talk. Couldn't really move, but I figured it was just weakness from the surgery. 
but I was just thankful that everything had went okay. And I was in ICU for about five days, five days, yeah. And they went to go move me from the ICU bed to a regular bed because I was progressing. I was doing really well and I couldn't move. Like nothing was working. I couldn't move at all. Um, and they even tried to get me to just try to move my hand, try to move my feet, nothing. So at that point, everybody's a little bit freaked out. And I don't remember exactly all what happened. But come to find out that my muscles had somehow completely atrophied or maybe just the messages from my brain weren't quite signaling to my body. So my parents were freaked out. The, the medical teams were freaked out. Um, and they ended up moving me to the, I don't know what it's called, the normal hospital. <laughs> I was out of ICU. And they had some physical therapists come check me out. Well, I just couldn't get up. Like, I couldn't move at all. So I spent about a month in the regular hospital with physical therapy. Well, at that point, they realized once they got my medical stuff under control, because in the hospital, their primary focus is just to get you medically better. Right. And at that point, I was better. Well, next, I needed to go to a rehab hospital because I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift my arms up. I could barely talk. Um, I, I mean, I struggled a little bit talking. So they ended up moving me to a rehab hospital um, outside of the Woodlands in the Shenandoah area. Well, it was full. It was a, like a geriatric-type nursing home rehab hospital. Me being 18, I can't walk. I can't hardly move. My facial nerve has been severed. Um I had this gigantic moon phase from all these steroids. It was just like my my self-confidence was like gone. Oh, I can imagine. And the only thing that really kept me going was the amazing support I had from my family, my close friends. I had a, an amazing boyfriend at the time who stuck by my side through the whole thing. Um, I mean, an amazing man. Um so anyways, I just wasn't progressing there. Eventually, they moved me to another rehab hospital downtown called Tier, and that forever changed my world. The things I saw, the things I was a part of, um, I, it was so humbling to me, and it still brings tears to my eyes, to my heart. The things that I went through, good and bad there. Um, but after about two months of rehab there, um, I learned how to walk again. I learned how to fully function, um, to brush my hair. Um, yeah, just to be better. But I still had a long way to go in my recovery. So after I left the rehab hospital, I started doing outpatient physical therapy and y'all that's when <laughs> excuse my language that's when the shit got real um <laughs> it's because I was no longer in a hospital with a bunch of people that were going through the same thing I was going through mm. I was out in the world 
where I felt like I was the only person mm. going you through lost that support, yes. that safety net of yes, yeah. like it was like my my handicapped yeah. almost. I mean, it was a good handicap, but so you know, my self confidence went down, even though I had amazing support system. Um, but I was still going through physical therapy, outpatient physical therapy, still trying to get stronger, still pushing forward. Well, after about seven months of that, my insurance wouldn't pay for it anymore. So after that time, I had to self-rehabilitate. Well, my my uh, physical therapist at the time had mentioned this thing called Pilates. And I'm like, Pilates? What? What is that? And she had used a little bit on me during our physical therapy session. So I um, had gotten to know it, but I didn't know that's what it was. Well, after probably about six months of me not going to physical therapy anymore, um, I had decided to give it a try because I knew that was something I needed to do, try out to get better. And y'all, I completely fell in love with it. It was amazing. It, it's like my soul workout. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. It helped boost my self-confidence. It helped me to get like this mind-body connection, not like yoga um, where it's meditational, but I could really connect with my body on so many levels. And it helped rehabilitate me. I developed a really strong relationship with the instructor that I started taking classes with. And one day, because I had ritually gone to her classes every week um, for months and months, and she had have, she had me come up and help her with classes, just, you know, go around checking on people because her classes would get so big, um, or maybe come up and help demonstrate the exercises so she could go around the class and check form. And one day she looked at me and she's like, Melissa, you should you should totally teach these classes. You've got these exercises down pat. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I never thought about that way. But, yeah, I mean, I I love it. Why, you know, why not get paid to exercise? I mean, right. okay. it just made sense. Yeah. And after what I'd went through um, at the hospital, just I just felt like I was on a mission to be able to help others. Um, I felt like... God had given me a second chance and I, I just needed to take that second chance to, to make myself better and stronger. And if I could help others in the process, that was just like, I don't know what, a double reward. Yeah. So, um, I started teaching Pilates and then I started teaching other fitness classes. And then I was like, Oh, I, I love this. I could, turn this into a, a, like a real job. Um, and then I started personal training. Well, then after that, I had met my husband. We moved to Utah so he could go to school. Well, at that time, my situation had changed and I couldn't, I, I needed to be the primary breadwinner in the family so he could go through school. And where we moved, I couldn't personal train and teach classes and make enough money to sustain us. Mm -hmm. So 
I still took classes, but I put my personal training on the back burner and then started um, going into the corporate world just so I could make money and, you know, just to get us through, to get him through school. Because I was going through school as well. I was um, getting my degree in education. And so I was doing that online. Well, then after that, we moved to Texas, started a family. I was still in the corporate world, but I still wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled. There was something missing. I wasn't, I wasn't helping people like I set out to do. And then it was about a year ago that, and, and I was still teaching classes this whole time. I was still teaching Pilates off and on, not through a gym, but like, you know, in my community, um, maybe at little independent gyms, but not corporate gyms. Um, and occasionally doing like one-on-one -on -one training sessions. But about a year ago, I left the corporate world and started to pursue a fitness um, career again because it was, my husband could see that there was something missing, that I needed that fulfillment. Um, I'm, for any of you that have taken the Enneagram test, have you ever taken it? I still haven't, no. Okay, so I'm a two. And a two, like, we want to help people. Like, I saw a meme a while back. It was this woman. She is standing on the roof looking in a window. I just wanted to check to make sure you got home okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's totally me. Um, I... I'm just like the helper. Like I want to, I am happy knowing that other people are happy. That's just me. And um, that's how I'm wired. So, um, and then I got certified as a nutrition consultant. I'd been studying nutrition for years. I minored in nutrition in college, but I never really got a certification outside of my personal trainer certification in nutrition. Um, and I've been and uh, doing nutrition consulting and, personal training and teaching Pilates ever since and it led me to where I am today with which is with my beautiful business partner Brian Turner which is crazy so a couple things um I'm so glad that I went first because your story <laughs> is way better than oh. mine um <laughs> so really there's long. that um I've known you for almost 20 years. That's crazy. Because my husband took you to prom. But that's a story for a different day. Um, but we are but, friends. But we're we friends. friends. It's cool. It's totally cool. They went as friends, so it's fine. Um, but I don't think I've ever heard you tell your story from start to finish in one sitting. I know. it's. This is like legit live the first time. I know. And there's so many pieces that I'm sure left out. Because I'm sure. Because really long story sure. but <laughs> you but, got the highlight part yeah but no thank you for sharing that yeah seriously and you too. It's, like... it's an incredible journey you've been on and I love that you know I took away some things that that I said that you said that it's like we have the we both had wonderful support systems but yeah. you can still still feel broken oh absolutely on the inside you know um and so I think that's part of what drives both of us like we've been there our stories are radically different but we still have the same like yeah issues that everybody else has you know um I think everybody everybody goes through struggles oh my gosh and yeah 
I mean, it doesn't matter how much support you have. Those are all internal. Exactly. And nobody exactly. can fix that except for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny. I've trained more people than I can count over the past several years. And I started noticing a trend. And I'm betting you have too with your, with your clients. So I've gone on to do many other certifications. Part of it are just CEUs that you have to do to maintain oh, your yes. other ones, right? Because they like CEUs. to take your money. Um, but I've done a lot of other ones because I thought that they would help me help serve my clients better. And two of them that I'm really, really proud of um, are my health coaching certification mm -hmm. and my corrective exercise specialist. So they're radically different. And that's the second time I've used that word. It's a good word, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but the reason why they're so important to me and, and the reason why I'm telling you this, it all kind of ties into why we're here today is because they both focus on getting to the root of the issue, which you alluded to a minute ago. You know, it's like that issue is internal, mm -hmm. right? And it looks different for everybody. So with the health coaching, I get to dig into the mental stuff, the habits, the whys, and maybe it goes back to something your mom said to you when you were seven years old or something an ex-boyfriend said to you or just, you know, the lies that you tell yourself mm -hmm. to cope with something, right? And then the corrective exercise side of things is fixing imbalances, which back in the day, that's we probably would have crossed paths oh, on your journey to healing sure. had I had that certification back then, right? Um, so, so I love that. But I kept seeing a common theme with my clients. And that was as long as they did exactly what I told them to do, and you probably see this with your nutrition clients, mm -hmm. as long as they eat the way they're supposed to eat all the time and do the workouts perfectly, everything's great. The results usually come. It's pretty easy, right? Mm -hmm. But life is not like that. No. <laughs> we have kids. Kids get sick. Um, there's all, always like class parties and holidays and, you know, we need to go out and celebrate this girlfriend and, oh my gosh, you guys went to kindergarten. It's another party. And yeah. I know you have a big family and y'all celebrate oh, yes. everything to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. I know you do. Um, a small get together right. of like 20 people. Right. But, but that's real life, right? Oh, and yeah. you can't maintain that rigidity all the time. And that's where people would get tripped up. Um, and I recognize that in my own journey doing things, I've been the super strict, you know, eating fish and broccoli and chicken and rice, or whatever, out of a Tupperware container, um, seven days a week, three meals a day. It's not sustainable mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and what I realize is that most people are focusing on the temporary change and not mm -hmm. the long-term change, which is something that I know you and I really agree on. Yes. Um, it's a slower process. It's not as glamorous, but if you do it the right way, you don't have to keep starting over. Well, I mean, you know? if you think about it, you've, how many years has it taken you to learn these bad habits? You oh can't just undo them. A and, lifetime. Yeah. You can't just undo them with a snap of a finger. No. Like, it's something that's, it took you this long to get there. It's going to take you time to undo right. it, to relearn yeah. those healthier habits. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't miss out on anything. I'm no. not deprived. I know you're not. No. When we get together for lunch, we eat whatever we want, yeah. right? I mean, within moderation, of right. course. But um, I just, I think through our struggles and our own personal journeys being very different, but we've wound up in the same place, um, realizing that it doesn't have to be that hard, you know, um, and you don't have to be that strict. 
And I think it's a lot of just giving yourself some grace and being open to figuring out what works for you. Absolutely. Um, and try not to compare yourself to other oh successes. Gosh, yeah. Right, and, right. And body images. And, yeah. And, and journeys. Like, you. I mean, we just talked about how different our journeys are. And we can never compare them. Yes, Mm-mm. we have a lot of similar similarities. Right. We're both moms. We're both wives. We both, you know, come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had weak points in our, our life, yep. and we rose above them. But we're so different, and we can never compare ourselves right. as, like, being one and the same. Right. Because we're not. No, not at all. And, you know, that's something that... I feel like we're definitely going to tackle with this podcast too, is helping people learn how to not compare, especially in this, the way our society is with social media. You know, it's like, we got to one up everybody or keep up with the Joneses and it just doesn't work. It's exhausting. And I want people to have a healthy mindset. I don't want them to ever have this mindset like, I have to be a certain way. I have to be perfect. I have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Oh, my goodness, I ate a cookie. Well, there goes my diet. Like, I might as well just eat a whole bucket of ice cream. I'll start over on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like that. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And you're not a failure if you mess up on, on your nutrition plan. It's just you're human. Yeah. And you yeah. just have to <laughs> just move forward. Exactly. Like you don't get, like I, I tell some of my clients, you don't get ticked off when your little toddler that's learning how to walk falls down, do you? I hope not. <laughs> All right. If you are, you, you need it. You need some help. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole different other yeah. podcast you need to find. Yeah. Um, but seriously, we don't give ourselves that same grace. It's, we're just living life. We're learning as we go. And you can't beat yourself up like that. You know, I've done that. Like, I am, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, if you knew some of the things that used to go through my head, it's horrible. Well, we're you know? our own worst critics. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, yes. And I, we, I mean, we've mm. evolved so much on our journeys that we want to share that yes. with all of you. Yeah. And hopefully, because there is so much misinformation oh on social gosh. media, on so the internet. So much bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, so I much. love Jesus, but I cuss. I'm, I'm the I'm the sassy one. Mel's the sweet one. But, <laughs> but there's so much misinformation yes. out there, and it makes. I mean, the the diet industry has really screwed us. Like, yeah. just really messed us up in the head, and it doesn't have to be that complicated, right? Um, so hopefully with this podcast, with Beyond Fitness, you'll learn that it doesn't have to be complicated, that you can do this, that you, you have the power to take charge of your own, your your own health journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a great note to end this first podcast on. What do you think? think? I agree. Because I know we could go on forever. (laughs) Oh, forever. Uh, But. We will end there, and um, we look forward to the next episode, and we appreciate you so much for listening. Please make sure you've hit the subscribe button so you can be the first to hear our future episodes. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you.